My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Feedy will open up any type of paths you want. It will take you all over the world. When I told people in the corporate world that I am going to travel the world and paint for a living, people looked at me like I had four eyes. Like, you are crazy. Welcome to A Way to Go, a production of iHeartRadio and Fathom. I'm Geraldine Gerba. And I'm Pavia Rosati. When you operate as a graffiti artist, it's all about proliferation. You get out there and tag as much as you can, as often as you can. The work is ephemeral, so you have to keep it moving. For the street artist known as Worldwide Crudo, painting without permission in Vietnam, France, Switzerland, Chile, and Peru, among other places, fuels his inventiveness, fixes his adrenaline, and builds his network. Tags and throw-ups are also call for spontaneity, a hallmark of his travel style. When it comes to traveling for Crudo, taking risks leads to great rewards. He's in the studio with us today to talk about this some more. Thank you for joining us, Crudo. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Crudo, paint a little picture for us of what your work looks like. First and foremost, very colorful. I like to keep it South American style, spontaneous. Crudo means raw in Spanish. So I just like to just throw it out there. I don't like fine lines. I don't like perfection because I do that when I'm in the office doing graphic design, when I'm doing all the corporate stuff or logos and websites. But when it comes to art, I just I just want to get drunk and release. Is it? That sounds really fun. Um, (laughs) Is it? representative, would I be able to say, oh, that's a building, oh, that's a ghost, oh, that's a flower, or is it more abstract shapes? I definitely do something called the Tumi, which is a ceremonial knife, and that's part of my ancestors, the Incas. So instead of, traditionally, a lot of graffiti artists use a name, and obviously my name is C-R-U-D-O, Crudo, Crudo. So I took a character from the Incas, and it's called a Tumi, T-U-M-I, and that's what I use as my bomb, as my character. Basically, I represent my ancestors in every bomb I do. So I did it in a way that's contemporary with a bombing bubbler style, but also representing my past without getting too ethnic, rather, about it. Just keeping it fun, funky, and not forgetting the past while still representing the element of hip-hop that I do, which is graffiti. That I want to see what that looks like, and I think that our listeners do too. So when we put page up about this, in addition to the show notes, we are going to definitely link to some photos of what that Tumi looks like. And do you think the luggage company named their luggage company after the Tumi? That's a wonderful question because, <laughs> oh, that company, every time I look up Tumi, instead of the right thing coming up, the luggage company comes up. Because their <laughs> SEO is obviously a lot better than whoever's referencing these art Tumis. How long does it take you to produce a work of art on the fly? Yeah, you said Oof. it's spontaneous, so. Okay, illegal graffiti, you only have so much time, and it depends. It's all mental. Sometimes you could literally get away with doing five to ten minutes, but in your mind you're like, I only have a minute. It depends because it depends your state of mind. If you're nervous, if you're just in a rush, you don't know what car's coming, you let cars pass by, is that a cop, is that a not? 
So I usually don't take more than a minute because I know I could finish mine in a minute. I used to take about two minutes, but I got so good at it, I could be under a minute now. And how big is a piece? I want to say I can do something by three by three, two, you know, no, no, like more. Like I try to go at least four to five feet to about four by five feet. And And so you had to use the paint, just make sure it's a cans, a high pressure can with a big nozzle to just go quick. And they're bubble letters, so you're filling them in along the way. Exactly. Fully colorful, full drenched wall. For sure. Like if we're on the streets and we have no time, it's just I got to be as quick as possible. But if I have time, like in the train tracks, then, yeah, we'll put more color, more flavor into it. And definitely it'll appeal to more people. How many cans are you taking with you? Like, do you have a lot of gear that you're taking with you? So when I was younger, uh, rather not younger, when I was younger and when I started bombing in that sense, I would bring too many cans and I would bring the wrong colors and this and that. And people would be like, you are fucking sloppy right now. (laughs) Bring only the cans you're going to use and have a color scheme because I love to go bombing. Bombing is another term for going out painting. Okay. So from there, like, I would always mess up. So they were like, just bring what you're going to use and bring the right colors because I would just be scrambling this that walking around rattling the cans and you're making yourself hot boy which means that you're making you're bringing too much attention to yourself you shouldn't so I want to on a good night I would say like four cans and make sure the person has four cans and you can interchange interchange and share that's what it's all about all right so that means that you're tagging in teams are you or are you often doing it solo I never do solo you can't do solo you need to look out um, I'm too, uh, I got too many past traumas to just be doing it by myself. <laughs> I got to, you know, I, I think everything's this and that. So I definitely go with people who I trusted and were experienced. What about uh, some of the destinations around the world? Can you tell us a little bit about how and where you've tagged? So I recently came back from a six-month hiatus. I was working at a global advertising agency that has offices all over the world. And I put myself on a deadline. I'm like, you know what? This is too much the corporate world is too much the office it's like you're killing my creative juices i just wanted to go home and go to sleep and wake up and do it again i was, it was i wasn't in a good place so i told myself you know what i'm gonna save up i'm gonna give this place two years and as soon as that date hits which was exactly one year last year i quit and i went on a six-month hiatus and i did so much graffiti that the interpol should be looking for me right now put it that way ah <laughs> where did you go I started off in Thailand, and then I went to Myanmar, <clears throat> Vietnam, South Korea, and then from there I went to Peru, which that was that's where I really did like the most atrocious types of art crimes you could think about. <laughs> <laughs> put it that way, Fujimori got nothing on me. I believe that's all I gotta say. And that's the old president that ran away while in the mid presidency. So that says that, that says a lot. When you are traveling around to these places, are you connecting with people who can be your bombing partners beforehand? Or is it is there like an underground network that okay. you get connected to? That's a very good question because a lot of old timers like, oh, you know, Instagram, social media killed uh, graffiti, blah blah. Like, look, sit down, old man, old woman. Look, check this out. This is how it goes now. The game is online now. Get over it, you know? Get down or lay down. If I didn't have an Instagram, I would not have as many connections around the world that I could be able to paint with people. Mm. So I'm new to the game, too. I've been on Instagram a year and a half. Because, I don't know, something told me, like, you have to make it. You need an online presence because the world is not... How could the world see something you do in one neighborhood? You You go out one night, and you could do 20 spots. Right. 
and only people that are there see it. And whoever sees it doesn't even care because they're not part of the art form. Why would I care what you do? Number two, it's going to get erased. And that's it. You did all that in vain. You put all that... You put all that investment, all that risk of getting locked up that night, of getting charges, fines, in vain. So what do you do? You share it online. It lives forever. Do you put your hashtag, your your handle underneath your tag? Definitely. At WWCRUDO, always. So are you usually going back the following day, taking pictures of the work that you did the night before? and then... I like to record live videos on the spot. Which is another reason why you want to have a partner with you. Yes. And does this mean you're working during the day? No, at night, always. At night. So they're nighttime videos. Because everyone gets out of work late, it's out the other. Yeah. But don't you want to go back the following day to see it in all its big You can't oh, return no, no, to no. the scene of the crime. No, I always, yet. that's the best part of it. You, you totally get to return to the scene wanna, of the crime. You, you want to walk around and you want to be like, oh, yeah, it's me. You say, <laughs> you say out loud, that's really good. Who did that? Wow, who, that's... Who is this guy, Crudo? Some genius. <laughs> some genius. Exactly. That's why I do a face because... A lot, when people do letters, it's too abstract. Sometimes they do it too too funky, and people can't read it. I want the everyday common person to see a face, and everyone can relate to the face because we all see our face in the mirror every single day. So there's something about the psychological psyche of a human that when they see a face, it's naturally it's like, oh, okay, you look at it because it's like looking at another human being. That's why I do a face. Everything I do is for a reason because I come from a marketing, advertising background. I could do my letters over and over and again. People are going to be like, ah, that's just letters. Oh, I can read it. I may not read it. They're just going to be like, people have a one-second attention span, especially in the greater New York area where we live at. We're bombarded by by advertisements and everything. You can't even look at a YouTube video without getting hit. We're like, my song is one minute, and I have four minutes of advertising. Right. So I make sure to do something that's going to, boom, you're going to remember that, like a stamp. Like when <laughs> You can see my for one second, you're like, crudo. Crudo's back in USA, you know, like. <laughs> so when Crudo was in Vietnam, when you were in Thailand, was the work taking on a local flavor, or was it the same style everywhere, all over the world? It's very funny you ask that because I do a Peruvian style, Inca style, but when I go to places, I happen to see other faces that remind me so much of mine, and I try to mimic like certain features this is very a hard medium to work with so i can't it's not fine art where i have the time to have the details especially i'm doing illegal graffiti on the fly but i've been places where i take references when when i was in thailand i'm like that's my face right there that's that's crudo so i always the thai style of crudo yeah, yeah exactly so i take that and and i will try to do it at the moment so if you tag in Rome, you're going to put big Roman noses on people. Of course. And with the Roman numerals there and everything. You know, yeah. Julius Caesar headpiece. Like, I'll replace the, the Tumi headpiece with, with the Roman headpiece if that was the Laurels case. Laurels and things like of that. Of course. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Cool. I'm trying to make it that's worldwide. Like, not just, you know, the origins are here, but I want to make it for everybody because then everyone's involved and everyone likes it even more. There is an advertising overtone to this because you're making the brand really identifiable. So your professional trainings so it, to speak had, is creeping into sure. right your Poppy, style you're absolutely right <laughs> <laughs> but no no definitely my marketing advertising background is just like it has a because honestly graffiti is nothing more than guerrilla marketing that's just what it is every family has skeletons in their closet mine certainly does ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in sicily Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, 
and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did it feel special to be bombing in Peru? It was, I'm telling you right now, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, it was destiny because the two of me comes from Peru and, you know, my parents, my, my mom comes from Peru. It, everything tied in. It's like, this is what you were supposed to do. And this, is, this is what you were supposed to be. And as soon as I got to Peru, I got so much love only because of Instagram. I'm not going to lie. Like, I just I got to Peru and I made sure to do like one or two on my own. I posted it and I'm like looking for people in Peru to bomb. I'm from New York. You got to sell yourself like that. I'm from New York. And the, you got you can't be scared. You can't be scared of the risk. You're going to get robbed. Stuff, other, I'm like, I'm not worried about that. I got family in Peru. I know how Peru goes. I know how third world countries are. So graffiti is a tight-knit community. I, you know, I met one person. He invited me to an event. And there happened to be a hip-hop event that week where there was breakdancing, emceeing, and graffiti. And they said, we, it would be an honor for you to go there. Not even looking at my level of skill. Just showing love because I was from New York. And I said, yo, I'm Peruvian. From there, I got there. And it was spiraling from there. I got, I, there was even a romance with a certain artist that was a female graffiti writer. It was like, it just turned into a bomb until three, four in the morning and, and romance until five, six, seven. Who knows? It was a great time telling you graffiti will open up <laughs> any type of paths you want. It will take you all over the world. When I told people in the corporate world that I am going to travel the world and paint for a living, people looked at me like I had four eyes. Like, you are crazy. So, the living part. I mean, this sounds like a great way to to do your thing. Just travel around, have romances, <laughs> like drink some leave beer, a mark behind. Exactly. But is there is there a path for making a living doing what you are doing? Yes. Or do you always have to have the advertising, marketing, corporate thing on yeah, the side? Both. Okay. Both. But you can't be scared to take a leap of faith. You can't be scared to lose everything. I like the idea of taking a sojourn, you know, working, quitting, taking a sojourn, then going back to work. That sounds like a good I work, way to do it. I quit, and I'm not going back because there's oh. more money to be made outside from the corporation. There's more money outside to be made than the corporations. That's why I can't go back because I've seen the truth outside. How does a person that came from two people that jumped the border from South America in the 80s they left the political craziness that was going out there. You know, they left the Colombian drug trade during the 80s. My mom left terrorism in the 80s from Peru, Colombia, all this madness. How did it jump the border and how did me get here and I'm traveling all over the world? Have a stable living. I'm at 28 countries and I'm not going to stop till I get to 100. And I'm painting all other 70 countries while I'm there. <laughs> know that illegally. And legally. Well, but what's interesting about the fact that it's illegal, it's also becoming incredibly recognized, right? Like people are really excited to spot a Banksy. And if a building has a Banksy, it's becoming – there's a whole way in which street art in the last 10 years has become 
a force in tourism, right? There's the Windwood Walls in Florida. There's Valparaiso in Chile, which is a whole neighborhood in Melbourne, streets that you need to go to to see the graffiti. So what do you think of this kind of graffiti street art tourism? Now you say that, you just sparked up some some uh, excitement in me. Because Valparaiso in Chile, what you just mentioned, I happened to go there a couple of years ago. It's great, right? Yeah, I it's love amazing. it. It's like legal yeah. graffiti. It's like a, one of the cities that has the most graffiti everywhere, illegal and illegal. But people, the, the residents, that you do whatever you want. I went there in 2014. A really good friend of mine from Chile that was living in New York for a good 15, 20 years, he got deported because he got in some trouble. And he went over there, he speaks English perfectly, and he's doing graffiti tours and wine tours, and he's oh. killing it in yeah. Santiago and Valparaiso. So I went to go visit him, and I'm like, this is insane. And, and going back to what you said, Pavia, like Art Basel in Winewood in Miami District in December, it just gets bigger and bigger. And not only that, but all the major brands are getting into it. Gucci, and they, and they're hiring, Right, and they're hiring people like you to right. go and, and, and do And you this said stuff. Banksy, look at Obey Shepherd. There's so many there's so many successful stories. And that's why I'm saying like it's just another art form, but just because the powers that be say that it's not the right thing, you know, there's gonna always there's always with any new movement, there's always gonna be some opposition, which is fine. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Picasso, I'm pretty sure the Van Goghs, the greats of all times, they all went through the resistance during that time. We can't say we weren't there. Yeah. We're the modern day, we're them. We're the street with the streets, and we are the modern-day real artists. So you don't think it's a cheesy thing to go on a graffiti tour? You think that that's a good thing? Because no, I want graffiti to be monetized. I want graffiti to have the the contemporary respect that it deserves. Beyond the Streets in Brooklyn just hosted the most amazing thing ever. And every single day, there's more and more acceptance because we are a valid art form just like any other valid art form. Yeah, well, it's really interesting to see how like the legal world and illegal world kind of come together. You have to... You have to be comfortable with kind of moving beyond those borders. Art is very subjective. Yeah. Art is very subjective. Yeah. So can you tell us about the time you worked, um, you traveled and made it work to your advantage in being spontaneous? I would definitely tell you that, but I'm going to give you a quick brief of who I really am. I am from a blue-collar neighborhood, working class. Risk is all I know. And I love taking risks. I love being spontaneous. I'm not really scared to go to jail. I'm not scared of anything except God. But besides that, going back to the trip, I, I'm super adventurous. As you can tell, it's in my genes. My parents hopped the border just because they didn't want to be where they are. And they just made a living, you know. So I'm so spontaneous. I'm just like, you know what, let me go to Asia. Because I've gone to so many places in Europe and i got so many places in in the Americas, South America, Central America, I'm like, I want to go somewhere that I've never gone, like another continent, you know? And people say, like, a lot of travelers that I met around the world, like, if you want to go, start with Thailand. And I heard a lot of great things about Thailand. So I went on a whim. I was like, you know what? You know, I'm going to Thailand. I did not look up anything at all. Did you know where to fly to? Did you say, I'm going to Bangkok and I'll take it from there? Did you know where I always gonna- know that the, by, by default, always go to the cities. Because I always want to do a little bit of graffiti before I dive into, like, you know, like the deep end, you know? So when you landed at Suvarnabumki Airport. Oh, let me tell you this. <laughs> which I like to say just because I remember that it's Suvarnabumki. Did you know where you're going to be sleeping that night? Or did you just land and say, I'll figure it out? That's a good question because a lot of times I get places and I don't have no plan. I just mm-hmm, try right. to find some Wi-Fi and like, oh, what's a hostel around here? That's how fly. That's how on the fly I am. But no, since it was Thailand, I was like a little bit. People were like, oh, yo, you're going to get cut up and you're going to get chopped up. They're gonna, I'm like, yo, shut the 
a cup. Like seriously, yeah. like you don't even know what you're talking about. I've been, you know, I'm like, I don't even care if that was the truth anyway. I'll still go. And so you figured it out when you got there. Yeah. So as I soon don't think as anybody I... travels like this anymore. I mean, everybody, <laughs> the number of people who tell me, well, I have a Google spreadsheet for my trip. And I'm mm. like, I don't. But I, you do a lot of tr- research. I know, but I know. I know where I'm sleeping. You have to understand this. My dad has been traveling since he was 13. And he's like, like 60 now. My dad has been working at airports for combined at least 40 years. And he's only like 60. So that you, feel comf- you feel comfortable taking a flight and you're just looking it, at a the, cheap way to get there. Hearing my dad's stories, he's like, I used to just go somewhere. There was no internet. There was no, I just had a map and I just figured it out. And I met people and I heard things and we just did what we did. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I am without even maybe indirectly being influenced by that. Since it was Thailand, I at least had one destination. I had it for one night in Bangkok. But as soon as I got there, I'm like, uh I like I love figuring out the trains and the and the and the how do I get there without just taking a cab or a Uber or whatever the case may be. I like to just go there how they go there, the locals. Right. I want to be as local as possible everywhere I go. All right, so yeah, I get to Thailand, I get to Bangkok, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the capital, this is what's up. Essentially it took twenty four hours. I get there and I'm like, okay, where's the hostel? So I take the main train and I go there, you know, this and that. Number one, always get a SIM card. You need a SIM card no matter where you go. Because then you have Google Maps and that's it, you're good. I get to the hostel and I'm like, okay, I have one night, I'm in Bangkok, cool, all right. So I'm literally sitting there, I'm five minutes into there. I overhear because they're right next to me and they're talking really loud. And I came too early, so my check-in, I had to wait like two hours. So I just sat down in the, you know, like by the, I I love going to hostels because it's so community. I hear two people talking and one person is asking all the right questions. He's so insightful. I could tell he's like, just memorize stuff because that's the thing about me. I don't memorize nothing because I just I'm mass spontaneous. So sometimes I do look for that stability and that you know the duality, like the yin and the yang. I'm like this guy's an archive, and he has a good vibe from far away. How do I feel this energy? And you're like very very far away, like at least like a good ten feet, you know. So from there I get I'm, I, I'm like let me just go up to him. Like I'm like yo what's up. And he's like, hi, you know, like, you know, he's from India. He's, he doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I come up to him like, yo, what's up? And he's like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, what's, what's going on? He's like, I'm just here. I'm in Bangkok. I've been here for three days. What's up with you? I'm like, I just got here like five minutes ago. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing right now? Like, what's going on? Like, what's what's, what's the wave? He's like, I'm going to Carby. I'm going down south to the islands. I'm like, could I come? He was like, exabala. I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> he's like, two is better than one. And I was just like, <laughs> and we both started laughing. We started laughing. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, you mind if I join? And that's just what Just like said. that. You've known him for like 15 minutes at this point. You get a sense he's got some good energy. Even less. I know him for like one minute. Because I got there and I was there five minutes. Then I went up to him. And within 30 seconds, I you agreed knew. to go with him down south. Okay. Like to the Carby Island, you know? So then how long did you guys end up spending together? How much time? This is a funny story because the plan was to go for two, three days. We bought a one-way. Like, yeah, let's go through three days to the south. This is a bunch of islands. He's like, he's like, I've been here three days. This is a, a city. I mean, I could tell it's a city. I can't do much here, but, you know, the usual. When you go to a big city, it's only partying. Drinking. Drinking. And for me, graffiti. Right. But I, at, at that trip, I wasn't too... It's my first time in Asia. Overwhelmed, 24-hour trip. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get here and do graffiti. 
at the state of mind I am now, I would bomb it as soon as I get there. I'm like, I'm going to start bombing at least two, three days, and then we'll go somewhere else. But that particular day and time, I'm just like grateful that I got to Asia for the first time. So I'm here in the hostel five minutes. I speak to him in under a minute. I already agreed to go to Carby with a stranger off of vibes. And how far away was that from Bangkok? It's like saying New York to Miami. It's not it's okay. not like it's not that crazy. So but you had to get on a plane like the following day. No, the same day. <laughs> the same day. <laughs> so you're like the you're like, see you Bangkok. Yeah. No, no, check it out. Check Youth it out. hostel. I don't actually need that room. Exactly. You can give so it I, to someone I, else. I lost one night. That's why I always under book, always under plan. I always get somewhere and don't even get a hostel. The only reason I got one night is because I'm like, I'm in Asia. Let me at least sleep one night. But and you it, didn't. I didn't. I didn't even get so to check So did you in. leave town without bombing anything? I didn't. Yeah, the capital, because I love bombing capitals. But I couldn't. Be- did you bomb the beach? Yes, we did. The <laughs> southern. It was, it was, and did this guy, Guaf, Guaf, did he, was he new to the world of street art, or was he? Yes, and not only that, but it's the first time he ever left his country of India, so. But the only reason that I went up to him, because he sounded like he's, been all over the world. The, the the questions he was asking, the way he was archiving stuff, the way he was, I only overheard him for a minute. And that's me while working, unconsciously hearing him. So when you told him, look, I got to do this thing and I, and I need you to do look out for me. What did he say? Oh, he loved it. He was like, what is that? He's never seen it before. Right. Wow. And he's like, he just laughed at it because he was so much. He's like, he understood what I felt, the adrenaline, the rush. Right. So he was just like, sometimes he would even... He's like, go do it, go do it. I'm just like, all right, God, just watch out. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh you like created a monster. Yeah, he's like, like, I need my fix. He was being like an enabler to like the, the the adrenaline rush that I I crave. But the funny part is that while we were in Bangkok, he told me he's gonna go to Carby, and I'm like, what time? He said eight. I'm like, okay, it's twelve now. Um, and then we're like, well, we have a couple hours in Bangkok, and he just brought me out to the temples and. So no, he, he ended up showing you around Bangkok because yeah, he'd been really there quick. for three days. He's like, you know what? You're not missing nothing here. It's it's a big city, and all you want to see, I could show you in two, three hours. So we literally took the canals, which if you're ever in Bangkok, I recommend. These They're awesome. Cool, it's really cool these to do that. cool, cool canals. And we saw like two, three Buddhist temples, the Laughing Buddha, this, that, the other. It was great. And I'm like, okay, I'm done with Bangkok. Let's go to Karbi. How long did you spend in Karbi? This is the funniest part because we bought a one-way. It's like when I met him, I felt like I know him my whole life. I felt like it was a mirror image of myself because when he he was like, we're only going to buy a one-way trip. I'm like, yeah, of course we are. So it was like we knew each other our whole lives and we planned it. We're like, yeah, we'll be back in two, three days. You know, let's go down to the south, you know, check out the beaches and come back. It ended up being two weeks. Just you and him, two weeks. All over Thailand. Amazing. Not going back to the, camp, the capital. And it taught me a big lesson. It basically taught me a lesson like underpack, underplan because... During that trip, I had a, I had my backpack, but I also had a huge luggage with jackets and different... Because I'm like, yeah, this one's for and the paint. club. And paint? You can't travel with paint. I was going to ask. So how do you get your stuff when you're I, in a foreign place that you've and just it's landed always, in? Yeah, yeah, and it's always hard because the minute you're buying a case of spray paint, everyone's like, mm, where what are you, doing are you with going? That? That's the beauty of it because finding... A lot of times I can't paint places because I can't, the, find, the, I can't find paint. 
And, and you can, said that you need like the high pressure paint to do it really properly. Yeah, so, so it's sometimes not just, you find like some local cheap brand. They're not cheap, but like something I'm not accustomed to. Right. And it's different. Right. It's lower pressure. It's different colors. You gotta get used to it. And you have to like hunt for it, you know? Because some places like we don't use spray paint. If you want to p- do a paint job, you have to do it with the regular way you paint. And so in this case, in Thailand, what, what, what were the materials like? So we Could dip- you find spray paint? Yeah, but after digging and digging and digging. <laughs> We found spray paint, and this guy was loving. And I always have, I always carry markers because that I could bring from, you know, you could travel with that and have a nice tip, fat marker that is still has a very good graffiti aesthetic. And this guy was loving it. This guy was like, uh, he's just he never saw graffiti in his life. He never saw it live. And he was just enabling me and watching my back. Were there ever any moments, I know you said earlier that you're not afraid of anything, and that's mm-hmm. such a nice way to go through life, but were there ever any moments in any of the travels, either this trip to Asia or any of the times that you've been traveling, that you think or thought, oh, shit, I've gotten myself into something. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. Definitely. When I was in Peru a couple months ago, um, anytime I see the law, I get like very like, oh, it's the law, you know what I'm saying? They could lock you up in a cage anytime you want for any amount of time. And I'm not from that country, so they'll definitely have no pity on you. And I've heard horror stories about jails and from all over the world, right? And especially if you're not, if you're not from, from there. there. They're going to be like, how dare you do that, you know? So when I was in Peru recently, um, but being that I know so many people there, and I go with the right people. If I'm going to break the law somewhere, I go with the right people. That's key. Always. Literally, your partner's in crime. Yes. Right. <laughs> Literally. Because then they speak for you, this and that, the other. And, you know, worst case scenario, when I got caught in Peru, like, all the stuff, all they do is take your paint. And I was like, this is it? Like, you know, if I was back home, I'm, I'm getting locked up at least that night, and then I'm getting processed. So when I saw how lenient stuff was in other countries, I'll exploit that to the fullest. But that's not my fault. That's their fault. Or they just hmm. have different priorities. Of course. Right. And like, yeah. spray paint real... is not a huge priority if they have other things that they're dealing with. Yeah, right. I mean, at the end of the day, the biggest vandals are, you know, if you if you burn the Amazons, if you burn first forces down, if you're dumping oil in, in, in oceans, you're the real vandal. So don't look at me. Very you know well what I'm saying? Said, you yeah. are the real vandal. Very know that. Well said. Yeah. When you're knocking down neighborhoods to build condos down, you're the vandal. What advice would you have for somebody who is afraid of taking risks but, but likes what the stories that you're telling and wants to add a little bit of spontaneity to their next trip? What could they do? Like, what's the one thing that you don't can do? Don't be scared to reach out to strangers and always follow your gut. Because your gut doesn't lie to you. That's the divine telling you what is and what is not. And not everyone that does bad things is a bad person. And not everyone that does good things is a good person. Because that's all subjective. And that's all smoke and mirrors. You got to go with your gut. Crudo, it has been a really great time to go on this adventure with you, bombing and tagging all over the world. So thank you so much for coming in and talking to us and sharing your stories. We're all going to follow you at www.crudo. C-R-U-D-O. W-W-C-R-U-D-O on Instagram. And maybe we'll run into you somewhere and then we'll end up on vacation with you. Of course, and I'll introduce you to Guav. And yeah, Gua- Guav seems indispensable. <laughs> we need him on our next trip. Everybody needs a Guav for their travel journeys. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Thank you so much, Grudo. 
Awesome. Pavia, Jarlene, Marcy, I appreciate everything. And that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. And, you know, leave us a five-star review. Away to Go is a production of iHeartRadio and Fathom. You can find the details we talked about in the show notes and on our website, fathomaway.com. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter when you're there. You can get in touch with us anytime at podcast at fathomaway.com and follow us on all social media at at fathomwaytogo. Please tag your best travel photos, hashtag travel with fathom. If you want to really go deep on the travel inspiration, pick up a copy of our book, Travel Anywhere and Avoid Being a Tourist. I'm Geraldine Gerba. And I'm Pavia Rosati. And we'd like to thank our producer, editor, and mixer, Marcy DePina, and our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.